Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of the Irresistible Lister and today is all about the Irresistible Valuation. Obviously as an estate agent without property you can't possibly sell or let one so it's really important that you get as many valuations as you can and it's really important that as many of those get converted into listings. So various stages really for the valuation going um, as well as it possibly could. Um, really starts with booking it in. I've got five points here. So booking it in, uh, your arrival at the property, the first five or ten minutes of you being there, then the tour when the owner takes you round and then finally at the end your presentation. So let's start with booking the valuation in. So let's say uh, someone is calling you, they don't really know you from any other agents in the town. They've picked three or four of you, might have seen a board, might have seen an ad, might have seen your websites or some social media. They don't necessarily have uh, a particular relationship with you, they don't particularly um, know what you're about yet or anything. So it's all fairly level pegging when you're all gonna turn up. So everything you do uh, will make a difference here. So let's say, so someone calls up and uh, someone answers your phone and this person says, I'd like to book a valuation in for my property. So what's the first thing that should happen? Well, the first thing that should happen is that whoever picks that phone up is the one that books that valuation in. The very last thing that should be happening is sellers and landlords being put on hold while you go and find somebody who's capable of booking a valuation in. So really, I guess what I'm saying is that whoever answers the phone in your office, whoever's allowed to answer the phone in your office, should be trained and capable in booking a valuation. And if they're not, then obviously they shouldn't be allowed to answer the phone. The same goes for people coming in. Um, nobody greeting customers coming in uh, should be incapable of doing something like booking a valuation because you just don't know who's gonna walk in. So that's the main thing, right? The person they speak to when they phone is the person that books in the valuation from their trainee to a negotiator to you, to someone in another department, whatever it is, they need to be able to do it and you need to be able to do it for other departments. So if you're in sales, you should be able to book in a lettings valuation and vice versa. So how do we make that go really well? Well, take an interest in the person that, that phones up. So rather than making it sound like you're going through a form and you've got some basic information to fill out, which is fair enough, you know, you want to know their name, their address, their phone number uh, and a bit about the property. Uh, but I think it's really worth spending five minutes, target everyone to spend five minutes um, with people getting to know them, talking about their life, their home and their move, make them feel really welcome and valued. So ask them lots about their home rather than just about the number of rooms. Just you know, tell us about it. Have you done any improvements? What have you done to make it uh, yours? How long have you been there? Why are you going now? Um, you know, do you need to be moved by a particular time? Uh, but also if you've been in the neighborhood recently or if you've been in their building or their street, mention it. You know, oh, I'm at 12 The Avenue. Oh, I was there this morning uh, on another um, viewing or, or whatever. Just acknowledge the fact that you know where they are. I would use anything you possibly can um, to show that person that you know their street, their building, their, their location. So they feel some kind of empathy with you and they know that your estate agent knows exactly where they are. <clears throat> if it's an email, if it's a booking request via an email, I would be tempted to follow it up uh, with a phone call if they give you a phone number. If they don't, then I would make sure that whatever uh, confirmation that you have um, for booking valuations, whatever email goes back to people or whatever message, acknowledges where they are as well. So find a way of personalizing that email. So maybe you'll have a quick confirmation that will go back if you have an instant booking system, but then you can also send up a follow-up email saying, I'm really looking forward to seeing you. I was in your street the other day, or I really like that building, I just sold one there. Whatever you can find to add a personal touch to that, um, 
to that confirmation. So next is uh, you've booked it all in, then you're gonna arrive. So the most important thing about your arrival is that it's on time. And I can speak from experience here and say that I never used to be when I was uh, pretty young, actually into my sort of early 20s. Um, I would often, because it's being disorganized really, I would often phone an owner kind of five minutes before evaluation and say, hey, I'm just finishing up on my previous one, I'll be five or 10 minutes late. Nobody ever told me they had a problem with it, but I'm sure that I lost some uh, instructions because of it. And I know that it's a problem to owners because I was sitting in a house once and the phone rang about 10 minutes before the next stage it was due round, saying exactly the same thing that I said, but just before the owner answered the phone, they said, oh, what's the betting that's the next agent calling me up to tell me they're gonna be 10 minutes late. So everyone was at it, everyone. And I suddenly felt this real sense of uh, shame actually around that. But also, here's something else that happened. My team got so sick of me being late that they started booking in valuations uh, with a time window. So they would say to um, sellers, well, he'll be there between one and 1.20. And they would tell me that they were doing this, but they wouldn't tell me when the actual time of the appointment was. So it would be in the diary with just one time. So I wouldn't know whether I was gonna be early or late. Um, so I just had to make sure that I was there at the time it said on the uh, diary, because there's no way I was gonna phone an owner and say, um, hi, I'm just finishing up my previous one. I'd be about five or 10 minutes late when they would say, well, you're not due for another half an hour yet. So yeah, be on time makes a really big difference. Really does make people feel like you're you know, serious about getting their business. It's a really small gesture and it takes no more time to be on time. It's not quicker to be late. It's exactly the same. It's just really a matter of structuring your day right and giving yourself enough time to be on time. So giving yourself enough space between appointments and allowing yourself enough time on appointments for a long appointment so that you don't have to rush off or that you're not gonna be late for the next one. So you're there, you're on time, the owner's invited you in and you have five or 10 minutes to start making a good impression. You've got seven seconds to make uh, an immediate impression, um, but the first five or 10 minutes could really make a difference on how that valuation goes. So a lot of agents, um, wander in and say, hi, can we look around your house straight away? I would not do that. I would get the owner to sit down because the owner would be expecting you just to wander around their house, right? So I would say, no, would you mind if we sit down for five minutes? And I could see that this wasn't happening with everybody because an owner, a uh, seller would be like, right, uh, okay, fine. But normally what would happen, the bonus, is they would say, well, should we have a cup of tea then? And that is exactly what you want to be going on because you want those five or 10 minutes to be professional, but relaxed and informal. And there isn't really much of a uh, more relaxed place in the home than leaning up against the kitchen worktop while someone's making a cup of tea and you're having a chat. So I would, whatever you do there, whether they offer you tea or not, if it's not, then go and sit down on the couch or I found a dining table quite good actually, but whatever works for you. Um, then just I'd start to just run through, make sure that everything we've got here is correct to so run through all their stuff because something might have changed, you know, four or five days have gone by between you booking the appointment and them going there. They might have found a property, their circumstances might have changed, something might have happened, who knows, I don't. So go through it, make sure everything's up to date and then tell them how the appointment is going to go. So we, you know, having a chat, say, right, we'd like to have a chat. Then you can take me around your property and tell me everything about it. And then we'll come and sit down and I'll tell you everything that we do. So you're setting them up for getting a little presentation from you at the end. They know it's coming. They're comfortable with it. It's not a surprise. They're almost now expecting it. 
So next it's time to go on the tour. And this is really where you need to keep either asking questions or just being completely silent. You want the owner talking as much as possible. I found that by allowing people just to talk and talk and talk, first in that five, five or 10 minutes, um, and then when they're showing you around their home, they kind of exhaust themselves from talking, which means they start becoming very receptive to you talking because they've been able to get and they've been allowed to get everything out that they wanted to get out. So get them to show you around, talk about everything, point things out and ask questions about it and just keep inviting them to just talk and talk and talk, get it all out. You'll get loads of juicy info um, about um, stuff that they've done at the house or things they've liked living there, things you might not actually have noticed when you're walking around, some uh, positive points that can really help you in your valuation and while you're you know, ruminating in your head while you're doing it. Then you've done your tour and it's time to go and sit down. So I wouldn't give them the valuation yet. I would give them uh, your presentation first and then I would go on to the actual price and then you can talk about your fees. So for your presentation, um, I found that having a really nice kind of like leather bound folder, something really professional with like, you know, plastic inserts and whatever, something that's going to cost you 40, 50 quid um, has real benefits because it looks super smart and you can make a really nice presentation of everything your agency does. You could use a tablet, but personally, I quite like the touchy feeliness of paper. And I noticed that uh, people would often run their hand down the paper when there were some points on there to run through with them. So whatever works for you best, but have something that looks really nice and smart and have a really nice and smart presentation as well. And that needs to start with your um, the, some of the USPs about your agency. So I, I found like about six or seven points on the front this is who we are, this is how long we've been open, this is what we deal with, and here are some basic uh, USPs about us. Then follow through on that with how you present sales details, so we, everything we have has a professional photograph, and here are the floor plans, and here's how we present everything. Move on to where you promote things, so way back in the day that was newspaper advertising, now it would obviously be which portals you use, um, how you use your social media channels, um, whether you use them to promote property or whether you use them to promote something else or if you have a particular um, theme to your social media, maybe you do it around interior design, maybe you do it around neighbourhood uh, amenities and whatever, it doesn't really matter, it's good to have a, a definite theme to it though, but just gradually take people through exactly how you, you, know, you get them set up, then how you uh, have them on the market, the process of them being on the market, how you deal with feedback and booking viewings, then what happens when an offer comes in and how you might deal with it if there are multiple ones. Quite a good idea to um, suggest to them that multiple offers might come in and that you're the kind of agent that gets them. Uh, and then what happens when you agree a sale and you progress it and, and how you stay in touch with them through that. So they have a really good story. This takes no more than five minutes really to go through with people, but it really shows them exactly what you're about and the kind of service they get. Also, most people don't do it. So immediately you are um, taking the time to show them exactly what they're getting for their money, which I think everybody really wants to, to know, given that it's many, many thousands of pounds and probably their most precious asset. Next. I would do um, talk about price. Uh, I would always have three or four comparable properties with me, maybe more, uh, depending on what you can show them. Some that would be below the price you're expecting it to be at, some that would be a bit above, and some that were about bang on the button, and then you can shuffle those around 
when you're on the appointment, um, you can show that you um, have property that's similar to theirs, so you know what you're doing. If you don't, then I would just do a print off of right move of some things that are in their area and what they've sold for, so you at least show that you that you know. But I would always have something with me. I'd always try and have some sort of comparable evidence um, of something that I had sold. If you're a new agent, then you can't do it. Then you just need to get stuff off right move or wherever and prove that you've researched it. So this adds weight to your figure. Then you can give people a price. I would always give them two um, or a range. I would expect that you'll get between this and this and then give them the price that you expect them to go on the market at. I would always make the asking price that you suggest something that makes the most of the price bands that people have to search by on things like right move and prime location. So you may as well, if you can, try and straddle two of those price bands. So rather than being, for instance, on the market at 395,000, you may as well be on at 400 because at 395 or even at 399,950, you're not gonna get anyone looking between 400 and 410, 420, 430. And that could be the better part of your market, but you're not gonna lose anybody if a house is worth 385, you're not going to lose an inquiry if it's on a 400. You'll, you'll pick that up because people are forced to um, search that way anyway. And come on, every buyer kind of thinks, well, maybe they'll take an offer, but they'll probably call you. You'll get an inquiry anyway. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. I would make your valuations um, or at least your asking prices now much more about uh, ex exploiting right move and the search bans on the property portals than I would about necessarily getting it bang on what you're expecting to achieve. You might even go below. You know, if you think something's worth 360, then maybe you put it on at 350 um, and get people to offer more. Plenty of people do it and it works. People love a bargain, but also you can then generate urgency, a good viewing day, however you want to do it. But I would definitely, definitely exploit those right move price bands. And at the end of all of that, then you can get onto your fee. And with such a good presentation, if there are really great things that you're doing around um, social media, marketing in general, putting your message out there, um, if you're doing unique and special things, then it is much easier to get a better fee. It's also much easier to get a better fee when you've done a really good presentation with people and show them just exactly how much uh, you do for your money. Because as I say, if you're the only person doing that, then you're the only one that's gonna be looking like they're worth more money and that could very easily get you quarter percent half percent three quarters percent more maybe even one percent more even if you're getting ten percent more than you normally would that's quite a chunk of money at the end of your year so give yourself the most opportunity you can to increase your fee get the fee that you're worth by showing people just how much you do and if you think there's going to be a bit of a disconnect there between the fee you want and what you're actually doing then just start doing more you can do a lot more for nothing yeah, there are loads and loads and loads of things, blogs, social media, stuff on your website, whatever, community stuff, that you can do for free. You can make your window display look really amazing for free. So look at everything you're doing, increase your service standards for free. You can call people every week instead of every month for free. So look at that, get your service levels to the highest you can without spending loads more money and you'll find that people will really respond very, very well to that. That always helped me have a conversion rate somewhere between 85, 90, 95%. Um, it works really, really well. So there you go. That is uh, today's uh, edition of the Irresistible Lister. That is the Irresistible Valuation. I hope that works well for you, and I'd love to know how you get on, and I will see you here next time. Just remember that everything's easier when you're the favourite.